This podcast is produced by Unedited. Sitting in stillness was probably one of the hardest things I was having to do and learn to do. But it was a challenge and actually stopping is productive and being still and slow is hugely like beneficial in the long run. But we just don't see it as beneficial because we all, you know, we get we get pitched peak performance all the time and like go hard or go home, you know, work out or die trying, like, you know, all that kind of real hardcore approaches to progression. Whereas actually being a bit slower made sense. That's Jada Cesar and welcome to episode 208 of In The Moment with me, Alex Manzi. And having battled with depression and anxiety, I became a coach who helps people to create transformation by being more present in their lives. And this podcast is all about conscious living and positive well-being. And each week we hear the stories and tips from some of the most inspirational people in the world to help inspire you to make a positive change in your life. And on this week's episode, I'm joined by Jada Cesar, who's a model and activist. So I wanted to get Jada back because obviously 2020 has been a bit of a crazy year for all of us. And I wanted to do an episode on learnings from this year. And I thought Jada would be a really great point of reference for that because there's a year nearly exactly since our conversation. So it'd be interesting to see kind of what's changed for both of us and what's gone on this year and what are some of the things that we've really learned this year. One of the greatest things about a calendar year is that we can look back and reflect on, on from one point to another really easily. And I think it's always a really great opportunity to reflect, not just on what you want to get out of next year, but like what are the things that you've learned about yourself this year? And I think no year has been greater than that, than this year that is, that is coming to an end now. So um, I really hope that you guys enjoy this conversation. We we literally talk about so many different topics. We dive really deep. Um, we talk about being faced with stillness. We talk about the growth mindset, the power of manifestation, consciousness through meditation, and lots, lots more. So I really hope that you enjoy this one. And the aim of this podcast is to inspire. So if you like what you hear in this episode, then be sure to share it with a friend and spread the love. But right now, let's jump straight in and hear from Jada. Welcome back, Jada. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm okay. I'm ready for Christmas. Ready for I think we all are. I think this year is definitely the year that we're we're most ready for Christmas and just to have a couple of weeks where it's just like oof, try and forget a few things that have happened. Um but yeah, like thank you for for coming back on the podcast. You're you're one of a handful of people who have come back for a second uh chat. So, yeah, very thankful. Oh, no pleasure. I loved our chat last time. I felt like we could have, we went down every single rabbit hole from like mental health to yoga, to food, to everything. I think it's one of those, um, you've got one of those podcasts where it's so relatable, but also just takes it to the next level, Mm, which I I love all, I love those kind of chats. Yeah, same. And that's why, you know, I, I create that space specifically to not have a certain agenda about anything. Like, obviously there's a lot of things that relate to me and my life and what I've learned but it's like actually what can we talk about beyond that 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 still relates to essentially taking care of yourself and being happy right that's the whole kind of premise of the podcast so yeah I'm glad that I'm glad that you got that from our last chat as well (laughs) and did you know it's funny as well actually because I remember we actually recorded that episode about this time last year and um I remember after you left I was thinking that oh man we I could have recorded like another two hours there. We could have really gone in, like we could have really dived deep. And I don't know if it's always kind of maybe subconsciously been on my mind that, to have you back on. But when I was thinking about, you know, who's been a really good guest this year or, or like the last 12 months, who should I try and reach out to again for the end of the year? I was like, oh, Jada, like that was such a sick episode. So yeah, yeah. I love those kind of chats. Um, like Joe Rogan is one of yeah. those guys that like three hours I'm yeah. in, um, and I think you're the kind of interviewer that basically asks the questions that I think the audience might also want to ask. So there's <laughs> nothing better than actually listening to a conversation with people that are just curious. Yeah. I think that's kind of what you're about. Uh, I, well, I'll definitely <laughs> take that compliment there alongside Joe Rogan for sure. You know, hopefully uh, Spotify <laughs> are listening and want to... Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, look, what I wanted to do with this episode really to give some kind of context for everyone who's listening as well is to kind of just... I guess recap on on what's been a crazy year because like I said it's it's pretty much been a year since we last recorded and it's been a crazy 12 months for everyone so I thought it might be nice to kind of go over you know some of the things that you feel that you've learned and some of the things that I felt I've learned this year um so maybe a, a really good starting point it would be w- what's 
what's changed for you <laughs> since we mm -hmm. last spoke? And I don't mean like what's changed in your outside world with like work and, you know, obviously, you know, lockdowns and stuff like that. What's, what's changed for you like internally? I think <laughs> that's such an easy question to answer because like, I felt like my life has literally taken a three 60 spin into a whole new direction so for your new listeners that haven't heard our last podcast but they should um but if you haven't so before on the, our last episode I was talking about modeling um I think I had just shot the cover of women's health yes yeah. and I had ran a marathon I was a content creator in pioneering the body positivity space and had been doing so for over 10 years with a large engaged audience online listening to that and feeling really body positive. Um, the marathon that I ran in my underwear to show like women and anybody actually can, can come in all shapes and sizes and also be fit had bagged me a contract with Adidas and yeah. I've been working with them. And so I was on this really exciting trajectory of like kind of advocacy and campaign work, but also being able to flex my like creativity and create content online that was fun and engaging and, inspired people to some degree and my plan was to move to LA to do more of the content creation to spread the word on more diversity and inclusivity and sign to an acting agent mm -hmm. move into the space of acting and continue to talk about representation in that field and that doesn't like you know I'm Mediterranean I'm a size 16 I wouldn't say that I'm hugely diverse but I would say that stories need to be more diverse. And I think yeah. it's one thing putting in like, you know, a black person or a, an Asian person, but talk to us more about their stories Like we don't need to see their pain necessarily, or uh, the problems and the trials and tribulations that they've gone through. Like is, there's diversity is one thing. Representation is another, and we mm. want to see more representative stories. So I was like, right, get me into the acting game. That's where I want to be. And then lockdown happened. And, <laughs> It's funny because my big, big, big dreams that felt so obvious, like it made sense, move to America, move into the space of acting. It felt bigger and richer in the most obvious way. When lockdown happened and everything got stripped back and I wasn't able to travel, I wasn't able to, you know, move into a different world in the entertainment space. Um, I kind of was like, God, what am I doing? Mm. Who am I? I wasn't going to events all the time. I wasn't busy talking to brands and doing all this stuff that was really fun and exhilarating and exciting. It also felt very fickle at times. And I will admit now that I think I was so busy that sometimes I got lost and my why I was doing it um, almost got hijacked at times. And it was like, do you want to just go to this event and sit from row at fashion week and, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause you know, I didn't come from a family that was in this industry and I didn't come from loads of money that allowed me to just sit and hope that I got a modeling job one day. Like, I hustled. I had like six jobs, juicing and cat sitting and dog sitting and babysitting, <laughs> doing everything I could to make this dream come true. And now it started to happen. I almost didn't want to say no to all of these exciting opportunities. So when lockdown occurred, sorry, this is a really long winded story, <laughs> but I basically had to stop everything that was a huge part of my identity and reset, which mm. was really uncomfortable. Um, I didn't really know what I was doing if I wasn't out and about all the time. It's a really interesting experience being alone in your own company mm. and can be quite confronting. Um, but actually it led me to going back to studying. So oh, I wow. yeah. course and have been studying the last, seven months and loving it nice what have you been studying i'm doing a diploma in neuroplasticity oh wow which i didn't know what it meant when i first picked it yeah, up no, either I, I, I nodded like i knew what it meant but I've got, this is the point where i ask what does it mean <laughs> it means how malleable your brain is so okay. how our brain can actually grow like we can create we can create neurogenesis and create and stimulate more brain cells and our brain cells can also die and there's ways that we can do that and flex it almost like a muscle even though it's mm. an organ and I find it fascinating and there's studies I, I was recently on the module of meditation and there's studies to show that monks have actually grown the gray matter in their brain through meditation regularly which phew, mind blowing yeah. 
literally a mind-blowing reading every day i'm i'm like yeah. what the hell it's, it's fascinating and, yeah. and that that seems like like you said right it's such a big shift to like where you are at like this time last year right it was you're almost going on a dream you know it's almost like the the the, the dream life that people think of when they're younger like so i'm going to move to la i'm going to do this i'm going to be you know on magazine covers and representing this and doing things i'm passionate about and then for it to kind of flip completely on its head is i think something that a lot of people can relate to one way or the other like even for me like this year was about travel like i was going to travel and podcast travel and work and spend a lot of the year abroad you know exploring different corners of the world and when obviously lockdown happened is like, okay well what 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 do I do now? And it's like, you're faced with what I think this year has done for a lot of us is held a mirror up and gone. All right, look at yourself, look at how you're living your life. Who are you and what you're doing? And a lot of us have had to answer those questions. And I think that's been really interesting because Mm. it's led to a lot of stuff, answers, problems, you know, stresses that we didn't maybe think that we had if that makes sense until we're we're showing this mirror and it's like all of a sudden you're really seeing yourself for the first time Mm, yeah and and having to acknowledge parts of yourself that you may have tried to forget or put in the back pocket and Mm. be busy and oh life's just too busy I will deal with that another time or think about that another time whereas actually we've had a lot of time (laughs) to sit and think and that's why you know rates of pregnancy have gone up rates of divorce Mm. have gone up because Mm. Esther Perel, who's another great podcaster, talks about like we actually have seen the essence yeah. of life when death is so close. Mm. So everything's like, why not just do it now? And then also, why am I still in that job or in that relationship? Like, end it. Which I find it's just incredible that that's human behavior and how we are innately wired when placed in certain circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. And it's like, we have such a, I think I saw one of your posts this week, actually, where you were talking about how our, how our, our brain is so advanced, yet it's still so caveman at the same time. And it's like, sometimes we're, we, we've, we've, well, we were living so far ahead of ourselves that being brought back to what is a really basic way of living, our brain has, has almost like shaken itself up because it's like, oh my God, now like all of this stuff that was distractions and was making me feel good and was part of who I am has been stripped away. And now I'm left with the caveman me of like being in one place for a long time with a, a small circle of people. Mm. And it's like, that's that's really interesting because we, yeah, you, you just, you see a lot of stuff and it's like, you, you know, you were saying you, you had so many distractions with like being invited to events and like fashion weeks and, you know, shoots and da da da. And you, you ignore the basics and I think what we've been seeing this year is purely the basics Mm, yeah it's it's what's your foundations built from like what's holding up the rest of the house and that is internal for you because how have you held yourself together now um I think like I said it's really confronting and I know that for me stopping all of those opportunities one might see them as led me to see my new opportunities as failures at first that I'm not continuously doing stuff. I remember when lockdown first hit, every like I, there was lives on my Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Like live after live after live. And I just remember, not as a creator, somebody that loves putting stuff out there, I remember thinking, why can't I do it? Why can't I just muster up the energy to create right now? And it makes absolute sense because when you don't feel safe, you can't reach your full like mm. autonomy. And at that time I was scrambling to just figure out like how am I going to pay my mortgage you know like everything it was just survival mode and I think a lot of the people that were putting stuff out there I I personally think a lot of it was a coping strategy Mm. because that is also helpful to people um and going back to that the first lockdown for me taught me that actually stopping isn't a failure and slowing down isn't a failure going back to being a student is actually rich and incredibly powerful but it wasn't something that I could show an immediate advancement in I couldn't say look at me on this shoe or look at me doing this or look at me doing that Mm -hmm. like 
it's slow. It's a lot of internal work. It's a lot of behind the scenes work. And that grafting, I know, always pays off. I know it. But as somebody that's been in a loop for the last 10 years of a lot of immediate gratification, it's hard to break that habit and that cycle and take a step back. But, you know, even though I struggle with it, I know in my gut that's the right thing to do. And I think it's just when are we ever going to have this time again to sit mm. and reflect or spend all that time with our families or our children or whatever it is. I don't have kids, but for parents out there, like this is such a precious time. I guess it's leaning into it, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's a big element. And I think, you know, you mentioned that the, the Instagram live stuff at the beginning of lockdown. It's like, I was really buzzing about the lockdown in a weird way because I was like, right, this is, this is going to give me a chance to really focus on the stuff, you know, the, the, the external work that I put off. So like going bigger with the podcast or like, you know, working more on my coaching side of things, writing and stuff like that. And it's like, I was, I was jumping on lives, not, I wouldn't say every night, but like quite often. Cause I wanted to, I wanted to motivate and inspire people to be like, look, just because you've had so much stuff taken away, doesn't mean that you can't do other stuff. And that could be something as simple as learning a language or, doing meditation every day like it doesn't have to be this big achievement of like you know you're going to walk away with you know a, a gratification list of like this is what i've achieved through lockdown it's like just do do stuff for you yeah. and see how that makes you feel and that might mean you you end up creating something off the back of it it might mean that you study again it might mean that you end up you know starting your own business or you know there could be so many different outputs to that yeah. if you channel inwards the outputs will come from it and I was like trying to like inspire people with this by like, cool. And then I was, I ended up jumping on lives of like people from across the world because I, I'd just come back from traveling in February. So I was away for two months. So I'd met people from like, you know, Canada, I was in South America. So I had like friends in South America, I had people I'd met in France, like Australia. And I was jumping on lives and we were talking like, so what's the situation with you? Like how's, mm -hmm. how's, how's things in Paris? How's things in um like Vancouver how's you know how's things in Argentina and it was like it was just trying to show people like we're all in the same spot mm. but you can still it's not necessarily a negative like how can you make this into a positive so I don't yeah. know if there's anything that you you feel that you've kind of taken from that 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 point of view of like the situation being negative but you mm. flipped it for yourself into a positive yeah I think there's really something really powerful in what you just said about the power of connectivity and how social media has had a name of disconnecting a lot of people, especially mm. the young youth that have their heads buried into their phones. I mean, that's also me. I wouldn't say I'm young, <laughs> but I definitely can tend to do that too. But we did see the power of connection during this time and yeah. saying of we're all part of one race, the human race. And that really showed up with, you know, the massive, massive civil rights movement, the biggest to date of mm. the Black Lives Matter and how we all came together internationally on a global scale. That was so powerful. And one of the biggest, um, I think, like voting turnouts in history in America for the latest elections. I would say that even though we were all having to take a step back and economies were kind of crumbling to some degree, we were connecting mm. and on a really human level. And I think the slowing down for me that at first took a lot of getting used to, because at first, don't get me wrong, like me and my boyfriend, he moved in during lockdown. Um, we were together for a year before that happened. He moved in, it made so much sense. And we created a YouTube channel together. Mm, and we were yeah. churning out YouTube videos three times a week, which is wow. a lot for quality content. And that means like you're setting up, you're filming, you're editing the next day, you're doing it again and again and again. So we're working like flat out six days a week going into late at night. And that was our channeling of trying to retain some control, I believe, <laughs> but also create entertaining content that was getting us through because it was us just doing fun things. And our audience that we had created were just laughing and being like, oh my God, I love you guys. Cause you're just, we were light. It was fun. It was easy. It's a real true reflection of our love, our love. Like I just laugh at him pretty much most of the time. And <laughs> likewise, we just have such a great like banter relationship, which is so much fun. Um, but I would say that eventually when the dust has settled and everything slowed down and three months had passed and we thought, oh, we'll go into lockdown. It'll be a month or two. 
And then it turned out to be mm-hmm. like three months and nothing could happen. Nothing had changed. It was getting worse. That was when you're like, okay, we are connecting online, but now it, I had to figure out how to rekindle that connection with myself and just take some time out. So like, you know, like what you were saying, I did actually take up meditation. I started, I signed up to Headspace um, and started to study neuroplasticity. And a massive part of that is brain training, meditation being one of them. And sitting in stillness was probably one of the hardest things I was having to do and Hmm. learn to do. But it was a challenge and actually stopping is productive and being still and slow is hugely beneficial in the long run but we just don't see it as beneficial because we all you know we get peak we get pitched peak performance all the time and like go hard or go home you know work out or die trying like you know all that kind of real hardcore approaches to um progression Mm. whereas actually being a bit slower made sense yeah and how how did you find it adjusting to you know using more of the time throughout your day so instead of having like i need to do this and then i've got that and then at two o'clock this and at four o'clock that having that having more space in your day how did you kind of adjust to to Mm. getting the most out of your day and not again not in a productivity type of way but just living i'm not gonna lie i didn't for a long time it was really hard to adjust every day felt like groundhog day (laughs) again and again and again the weekends merged into the week and it just felt endless at one point. And I remember feeling quite low and not motivated. And I'm somebody that's like, yes, it's Monday. Like I'm really generally positively quite disposed. Mm. I just, I really do. I can say I love life, but I just didn't. I didn't for a long time. And so it really only occurred to me that something needs to change when you know, loungewear became a thing, you know, work from home, get comfy in your tracksuit. Yeah. And I remember, I love being face mask on in a tracksuit, but I remember doing it because I just didn't have the energy to do anything else. And when it didn't become a choice, that's when I started to worry about myself. And I thought, no, look, get up, have your shower, put on some makeup, wear some some jeans or whatever it is, just to make me feel a little bit better. And I did that, it made a difference. And it was these slow little things that I implemented that made a difference. I got this diary and it was a diary from uh, Etsy. Mm. and I think their Instagram is like at theinspiredstories.com but you can basically buy these kind of planners anywhere and it structured out my month so it would have these sheets of like my month overview and then it would have a week overview and then you'd have the everyday overview so it would be like you set out your monthly goal then your weekly goal and then you can day-to-day track what you're doing only when I got that diary did I start thinking okay let's start setting goals again let's Mm. start creating new habits because at the beginning of every week you could write a habit section and so I put in like three new habits that I wanted to create that week and I think it was like um use the elevate app which is a brain training app for 10 minutes a day the free version is amazing and I highly recommend everyone check it out because my brain has literally got sharper using it elevate it's called it's better than luminosity I'm not a sponsor it's not sponsored (laughs) but just going out there because I've tried them all yeah yeah um the other one was use headspace mm-hmm. so do some 10 minute meditation and something else and because i was tracking my habits and i was tracking how i was using my time in the day i was holding myself accountable whereas before i you know you have people calling you to go to this meeting and your you know life just unfolds in a way that generally you know for people that aren't freelancers you go to work 9 to 5 you are being held accountable by your boss to show up every day Monday to Friday at this space. If you're a school, if you're a kid, you go to school as freelancers, we create our own work. So you have to be accountable, but if there's no work able to create, then damn, what do you do? You know? Mm. And so I kind of was like, right, let's start planning my week out a little bit more, but it was hard. It was really tough to take charge of that again. And I guess it just led me to, I say, I say that I've said this before I was on this treadmill And my management and team and everything that I'd built had then become a monster that was basically just like throwing stuff at me. And I loved it. I didn't realize what I'd created. And I was running faster and faster and faster on this treadmill. And when COVID hit and we had to lock down, it was almost like somebody pushed the stop button and I actually could walk off 
and look at everything on this treadmill and be like, actually, do I want that anymore? Yeah. And I just started wa- walking and I feel like I'm currently now walking and I'm pressing the incline button. I'm not mm-hmm. going any far faster, but I'm actually going steeper. And that's how I feel my life is right now. I feel like I'm actually doing work on this incline. Like I'm studying again. My brain feels like it's sharper. I feel like I'm being more present with my life, but I'm not running and I'm not going fast and I'm not super busy and I'm not talking to a hundred people a day, but yeah, it feels more, I'm using my time more preciously, if that's even a word. <laughs> yeah. And I love what you said about looking at the habits. Cause I think it's like, you know, that the answer to that question could have been like, well, what I wanted to do was make like six videos a week and like put out this blog and then like write an article. It could have been like really, um like outward like productive stuff and i and i I know i asked specifically not for that but like the answer that that what i'm hearing from you is like actually you just focused on yourself like what are the things that are good for me uh meditation looking after myself you know exercising my brain like they're inevitably things that are going to be good for you long term and it's like if you if you switch that focus to the internal side of you and going actually what are the things that are good for me like what's my what's my eating habits like what's my fitness like what's my you know how's my mental health how's my um uh spiritual health how's my emotional health and like investing in those things with diaries journals you know apps whatever it may be you know free youtube videos like that's going to stand you a long way and it, it, it like i said before that that internal stuff then creates the output that that you want in your life and it's like when you shift that focus to like like you said, stepping off the treadmill, Mm -hmm. you can look at everything and be like, wow, like that's, that's what I was doing, but Mm. is it what I want to be doing? Mm. And that's a big, big realization. And I think that's something that's definitely hit for me as well is like, I made the conscious decision this year, like not to take on any more freelance social media work, because that was, that was my life for like five years was social media work. And, you know, two of that was, you know, two and a bit of that was freelancing and I was like actually if I really want to do the things that are good for me I need to focus on me and what I want and yes there's good money in social media don't get me wrong and I've turned down some well-paid work which would have pretty much set me up for the year but instead I've focused on the things that I'm passionate about you know investing in myself as a coach investing in myself as a person and then putting that into work in the areas of my life through content through working with coaching clients through the podcast, through the book that I put out and just, you know, it's that stuff's come out of me by Mm -hmm. focusing inwards. Yeah. And I hear it time and time again, that this risk-taking ability, like this risk-taking attitude is always so hard, but it is always so beneficial at the end because there, I, I don't have a plan B. I just think you have plan A and you make plan A work. Mm. There's no other option. And I've always taken ownership of my decisions in life. And therefore it means I take ownership of all of my mistakes. No one else has told me, you know, you should go into this career or you should, you know, be this religion or you should do this. Like, thankfully I never came from a family that put that pressure on me or had, and I've always been a bit of a rebel. Like even Hmm. when it came to, being a plus size model I was like look women can look beautiful no matter what and this is what the, the way the world should look that it should be for everybody these pressures of these beauty ideals they need to go and luckily social I had social media to shout about it on mm-hmm. and the time was right and the stars all aligned but I think it is about risk taking and knowing that you can fail but there's also you have everything you need we have all the resources available online that are free. There's funding. There will be funding available if you go and look for it. There's so many people that are experts and consultants that they want to share knowledge. Like if you say, can I look the best thing, if you want to know something, maybe not now, but in new normal life, just say, can I take you for a coffee and pick someone's brains for 10 minutes in the field that you want to go in. And I just always say when I feel down, like, I have everything I need and I trust that. I trust, I fully trust it. It's about how we think. And my course uh, mentioned this really incredible idea of, it's not an actual idea, it's the truth. You can either have a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. Mm. And they're two types of people. And there's no difference between them. 
you're not born some people are born with talent but you're not innately born to succeed and another person isn't there's talented people out there that are broke that aren't using their talent but it's all about your mindset and if you have and adopt a growth mindset then you will win in whatever you do because people with a growth mindset are thinking about answering questions to problems that haven't even occurred yet and you're one step ahead and you are the calf the calf the cup half full kind of person I think it's hard to always stay motivated to do that, but I just think every risk I've ever taken has paid off yeah. in some way. Yeah. And I think, I think on the growth mindset thing there, like I, you know, been aware of that for a long time and it's like even having read, um, what's her name? Dr. Carol Dweck's mindset, which is all about the distinction between growth mindset and fixed mindset. It's like, it's not, a massive change of lifestyle it's not like you said it's not innate it's not something that you're born with it's just looking at the same thing through a different lens instead of saying oh i'm such a failure why why does this always happen to me but like well actually what did i learn from this and what what could i have improved a little bit and what could i maybe have done differently that's Mm. the growth mindset it's like looking at something and going okay it hasn't maybe worked that exactly how i wanted to but what can what can i learn from it and how can i learn from it and then using those learnings and it's like the more you're able to do that the more you're able to a build self-awareness but b then move forward with whatever it is you're trying to do and it's like I, before we, we started recording i was watching a um coaching video as one of the courses that i'm doing and the guy was literally talking about and he's like a very seasoned you know coach he's been doing it very successfully for a long time and he was talking about after every call that he has he has like a five minute analysis that he does which is like um what went well uh what could i learn and what what would i do differently next time and he still he still does that because he's got such a growth learning mindset and it's Mm. like he's willing to do the hard work to find out what you know build that picture across the board of like what was good what was okay and what could improve and what could i do different so that he can grow in the next conversation it doesn't have to be he wants to grow in five years it's just like to take those learnings into the next conversation he has and i think you know using that slowed down approach like you've mentioned a few times is so powerful yeah making space as well we don't make space to just understand that like my this diary that i bought at the end of the week it says like things that you enjoyed things that you would do differently and what's Mm. your intention for next week and i found that when i had a busy when i've been busy those sections of my diary never get filled in which is funny because that's the first thing to slip for me Mm. is my own space for self-awareness and consciousness, which is, I think the only way that we can really fully move through life. Like I I tweeted today, a quote that I read today, which was something along the lines of consciousness is the only real thing in this world and the biggest mystery of it, Mm. which we will never fully know about. And that's, actually the area that I'm finding really interesting and really engaging to learn about at the moment. And there's, I'm going to get this wrong, but what I was reading today about meta consciousness, which is the study of thinking about our thoughts and actually recognizing what we're doing, which is again, another, it sounds really abstract, but it's another way of extracting ourselves out of our own heads and looking in, which I guess meditation does to some degree. But I think the hardest thing about risk is staying motivated because I know when you've got an idea and you put it out there and you can get shut down, it's like a little seed growing that can be trampled on. And until that idea is solid and built into like a massive oak tree, I think that's when Mm. your motivation feels a lot stronger. I think one tip for that, in case anyone's struggling, because I know I have struggled with that over the years, is surround yourself with people that are doing it and that Mm. are doing it better than you or just one step ahead of you that don't feel too far out of reach. Like I don't really look at celebrities or, I mean, not that it's about celebrities anymore, but people that are too far ahead of doing that billionaires doing what I'm doing. I'll look at a girl that might have three companies along the same kind of topic. And I want to create one company, so to speak, Mm. because there are people out there that are less intelligent than you doing what you want to do. And so I just think figure out ways and strategies to almost hack your own brain to keep you motivated. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the the really interesting thing about motivation is it doesn't always have to be something really obvious. Like you said, it doesn't have to be looking at someone and going like, okay, I, I need to work as hard as them or do as much as them or do it like them. It's like finding the people, like you said, around you who 
are doing similar and like one of the coaching groups that I'm part of is really cool because we're all you know coaches who are fairly new in in terms of the coaching world and we're we're learning and we're failing and we're winning together and it's like and we celebrate each other's wins we celebrate each other's losses because we're like sick like that person said no to you that's amazing because like what are you going to learn from that and it's like it's such an interesting way to look at things but I always find as well for me like I really struggle with so I've got this journal I got for my birthday which is called the mind journal and it's basically um uh being put together by this guy I can't remember the name of the top of my head but he's basically put together for guys specifically but obviously it's quite broad and it's to to help guys you know with their own mental health Mm -hmm. and there's a really interesting each day there's a there's like a check-in of how you feel and there's like 30 little squares that you can tick of like you know how you feel it could be happy sad angry fearful insecure confident you know there's there's 30 of them you tick the ones that you feel and then below that there's three other areas one of them is achievements slash intentions for the day depending obviously if you're right if you're filling it in in the morning or the evening um what are you grateful for writing three things and then what's your happy hour and the one that i always struggle with the most is the intentions slash achievements even though I I do it in the evening before I go to bed. So like technically my day should have been filled with some sort of achievements because I haven't sat around doing nothing all day. And even if I had, there'd, there'd still be an achievement in it. By I fail, I find mm-hmm. to recognize what those what those achievements are, even if they're really small. And it's the one every day I sit there and I sit on that bit for the longest. And I just find that really fascinating how I don't I need to almost like train my brain to see things as an achievement, even if it was like getting out of bed and having a shower. Yeah. <laughs> it's still an yeah, achievement. I wonder if you just switch the word from achievement to what am I grateful for? Yeah. And I think in a way, there's so many things to be grateful for. Like you're grateful that your body got you up in the morning. Mm. If that is an achievement, you know, those things are hard for people. And I think it's often easier to think about what am I grateful for because it's a giving feeling rather than achievement is like what you receive. I have achieved. For me, those, those words have different feelings. I don't know what the Latin root meaning of them are. They are, but maybe that might help. Yeah. And do you know what, actually, now that you've said that, what, what I think is interesting is I think I, I see, the achievement as like it has to be some sort of big accomplishment of the day instead of like something small and I remember I had a conversation with a client of mine about meditation and she was really struggling with like getting into meditation and I, I just always used to say to her like just just stay with it it's about being with your meditation it's, it's not about trying to get anything from it and something shifted for her one day when it unfortunately it wasn't me who said it but it was a really great way to put it it was that one of her friends I think said to her it's not about what you get from meditation it's about what you give to meditation and I think that's the same when it comes to like goals and achievements it's not what you're getting from them it's like what you're giving to them and that's only just come to me now so I'm going to try and take that approach tonight when I write my journal yeah absolutely I think that's a lovely way to see it because an achievement feels so finite Mm. you've got there you've done it the goal has been take like but no goals just happen in one day (laughs) you know no big goals happen but it's all the little small things time and time again that you constantly just dig at like the little man with the carrot in the tunnel if you've seen that meme and at the very end when he stops digging is where the money or the diamonds are yeah I think that that's what we are doing day to day I think it's also really hard because I've got a similar diary of like what's my intention? What have I done? What have I achieved? To do it day by day. I, I'm better at seeing the bigger picture of mm. I have got this project off the ground. And, but I think it's because we haven't conditioned to believe that those things are just the little things are big achievements because first of all, getting out of bed and maybe like having a, a really, you know, meaningful conversation with a friend, those things aren't advertised to us as achievements because they can't necessarily be commodified by bigger industries and I think that's why we don't automatically believe them to be mm. as great and powerful as they can be and are yeah I love that and I think it kind of it, it it comes back really nicely to kind of what we were talking about earlier in terms of like the lockdown it's like what you what what are each of us giving to the lockdown rather than what are we trying to get from it mm. and it's like one of the approaches that 
that I took to the first lockdown was like that really slowed down approach of like, actually, let me just like spend more time reading in the garden rather than trying to like stay on the treadmill, you know, to use another analogy from earlier. It's like, let me just step off that treadmill for a second, take some time to read or like check in with a friend or, you know, do something that's, that's good for me rather than trying to get something out of the day. Like what Mm. can I give to the day? And I think that, that giving, giving, receiving dynamic is quite interesting. Mm, Yeah. And it's energy, you know, again, I'm I'm all about the like 95% of the universe is filled Mm. with dark matter that we still do not know anything about, but we do know about manifesting because it's very commercial. The idea of like creating manifestation boards and dream and vision boards and all of that. But I do think the energy that you pour out, it does come back in ways that you won't expect and you probably could never predict, but it's just the universe. Like it's the laws of physics, what you put out there, you will receive. And I'm not somebody that's like, I believe in karma necessarily, Mm -hmm. but natural physics is like you push the car the car will move you know like it the the laws of physics show that it just demonstrates that what you you give you receive in a way that isn't i mean it can sound selfish but people that do charity work just feel so you know fulfilled from that Mm. yeah and I, i think that's one of the problems isn't it with manifestation it's like people think that all you have to do is write down a few things on a bit of paper or like create a vision board and put it up on the wall and like all of that stuff will happen. But it's like, you have to, you have to, when it comes to manifestation and like the universe is like, you have to meet the universe halfway Like you have to, you have to do your side of the work in order for the, for the universe or, you know, everyone to call it to reward you. You can't mm-hmm. just, you know, okay, I've done my bit. I've, I've written up, I've put it on the wall. Like it will happen when it happens. It's like, you still have to You have to give. believe it. Yeah. Yeah, you have to believe it. And it's a part of this whole growth mindset module that I was reading the other day. You can't, it's a part of it. Yes, create your mood board, have images that you look at every day to trigger a thought in your mind that that's what I'm trying to do. Because otherwise the first thing in your mind, the first thing you put into your mind or your psyche or subconscious will be whatever you, you picking up the phone, you read the newspaper. So have that board that you look at. I even create screensaver. Mm. And before I would have like three words on my screensaver, which was like house podcast and something else at the time. And like, I had achieved all of them in the year that I put them up, but put the vision board out there visually. So you have that stimulation. You have to do the work every single day towards that goal. And then you have to fully like in your body, believe that you are deserving of that. And it's all of those three things in tandem working together to create a new future Mm. because it doesn't, it doesn't just happen. Like you have to, your body, the present body has to believe it's living in that future life. Yeah. Which which sounds really like (laughs) woo woo, but like you have to imagine that you are walking into your dream house and what do you do in that dream house? What does it feel like? How cold is it? And then from there, you then start breaking it down. For me anyway, this is how I do it. I'm like, okay, how much does that dream house cost? How much would I have to make every month? How much? And then once you've done that work, I let it all go. Mm. I let it go and I let it, whatever happens, it's going to happen. But there's money out there and it's going to be received somehow. Like abundance, financial abundance is there and however it happens that money will come and I honestly have can tell you that that's happened to me time and time again and it's letting go it's like letting go of that control and not focusing on the number necessarily but know how much it's going to cost otherwise you'll just be telling the universe I need money but I don't really know how much I need I don't really know what that money's going to go on I don't know how much it it might cost if like I have extra expenses like know the details and it will come. Why is the the letting go element of that so important? Because then I think you get attached to the fate. Like if it doesn't come when you expect it, then, oh my God, I, that's the universe telling me that it's not going to come for me or, or there's a lack somewhere if something doesn't happen or follow through. But if you just have this abundance mindset of no matter what happens, I know I'm going to be but I'm, my needs are going to be met somehow. And look, I'm not trying to say that this is for everybody. I think it's a really, um, if you're living in a third world country and you don't have your basic needs met, 
then this sounds really idealistic like oh I'm just gonna hope and pray for food and food will come like I think it's really tough in those spaces to necessarily have it but I still think it's a really rich starting point to believe that there is more than your current reality and I think if it is for a certain purchase that you want then it's knowing I think the letting go part is that you are still deserving and it will still happen whether it comes about in the way that you want or not like Mm. unexpectedly it will still happen and therefore I don't know I think it just tricks your mind into believing that be a part of the process like embrace the process of it and yeah I mean some of my craziest experiences of life have come about I've had a goal here and it's had to do all of these like u-turns and yeah. <laughs> like jumping over down side roads before I've actually got to the end destination uh, that's the fun of life you know yeah yeah and I think I think another uh, a wicked thing as well to look at it is like you know essentially what you place your attention on grows and it's like if you if you have a, like a, a house plant and I've got one behind me but if you've got like a house plant and you put your attention on that house plant every day that plant's going to grow probably quicker than the rest because you're giving it your attention and it's like I know one of the things that they teach um, um what do they call them stunt stunt drivers or like if you do like any kind of um what they call like crash testing they teach the drivers like if the car's spinning out don't focus on like what you're going to be hitting, i.e. the wall or whatever. Focus on where you want to put like the car to be and your mind will automatically start to pull the car back into that direction because your mind wow. does focus on what you give it, give the attention to. That's and it's the crazy. same when it comes to this stuff. It's like if you, if you're, if you want to, and it doesn't have to be like, you know, extreme, like, you know, creating a business or like having mm-hmm. like a, seven bedroom house like it can it can just be like a fitness goal it can be you know something really small of like okay maybe I just want to feel better about myself or maybe I just want to read more books or it doesn't have to be a massive goal but the attention that you place on it will mean that that thing gets done because you then give your energy to that thing and your brain like you said it tricks itself into to to doing that thing more often than it doesn't Look, how many times have you thought about like an ex-partner and then all of a sudden they've called you? Like the power of the mind is wild. Like there's this study that, um, okay, I'm not going to remember the name of the researcher, but if you Google something along the lines of like, there was an automated light in a room that was flicking at random to four corners of a room randomly. It was set to just automatic random and it would maybe go back to the same corner numerous times. In one of the corners was a plant. And this plant was in only one corner, the rest were empty. The light tended to stop on this plant more than all the other directions, even though no one was controlling this automatic light. Wow. Because a plant is a living thing and it set out an intention to survive. Mm. And that's when I read this recently in my diploma, it just made me think like the power of intention is beyond anything we currently can comprehend. But you think about the power of prayer, you think the power of like healing prayer, the power of that moment when you think about someone in passing and then they call you or you bump into them, you're like, oh, I knew this was going to happen. Like it's, I I don't know if we will in our lifetime ever really figure it out, but there is true power in that, that it's like, you can't see it or, or feel it, but it does exist. Yeah. And I, I think that that's, that's what a lot of like, um, spirituality is. And it's like, it's essentially what physics are trying to prove, isn't it? Physics are trying to prove how the world works through looking at, you know, all of the tiny little atoms and the electrons and photons and stuff that we can't see where it's like, actually spirituality is like just having the belief in all of that stuff working and, and trying to understand why it works rather than like, looking at the what if that makes sense yeah yeah god i could talk about this forever because <laughs> i and i go into many wormholes on youtube trying to figure out and listen to it um i think i don't know if you're watching his dark materials no on bbc at the moment it, it's a trilogy by philip Pullman, and i read the trilogy the subtle knife amber spyglass and the first one was the northern lies incredible mm. trilogy and they've just made a, re- a remake of it on tv and basically a part of that talks about dark matter and how we're surrounded by it and how it's a part of the world that spirituality, we, 
it's almost like what is outside of us is also within us. So the atoms are surrounded if you want to go really microscopic into like the core of an atom, which is a proton and a neutron with an electron surrounding it, swizzling around. But actually 99.9% of that is empty. Mm. Of the We are 99.9% of us negative. Like there's, we can't quite understand what's inside there, inside those tiny atoms. And for me, whatever is inside is outside because matter around us is also there and we're still trying to go in. Like quantum physics was only discovered or a term created only what, like 20 years ago or something. Mm -hmm. Um, That all kind of science-based evidence of what we see as our reality because science has proven it is leaves a question to what can currently exist that we haven't <laughs> justified with science. And that for me is like, there's just so much more. And I don't know if it's because I've got a curious mind or I don't know, I'm, I'm just into this stuff, but I just think that in itself can feel like we are like infinitely powerful. Mm. Yeah. And I, I, do you know, it's one of the, the, the studies that just blows my mind every time I read about it or, or someone mentions it is, can't remember again who did it or what it's called but it's the one where they had the two i think it's two atoms like twin atoms like on opposite sides of i think it might i don't know if it's the world or like opposite sides of america or whatever and when they stimulated one atom the twin reacted in the exact same way at the exact same time mm-hmm. and it's like that just goes to show how interconnected we are even if you know, it feels like we're not. And it's like, when you, when you think about stuff like that, it's like, well, if that's happening there with like two tiny atoms that I can't even see, like what's happening within me and like the connection I have with that person there or the the world around me and like my environment, like it's crazy. Yeah. There's also studies to show like level of consciousness rising when Mm. um, there was a really famous study, like moments before the twin towers were hit where America's consciousness levels like spiked and I can't remember how they measured this or, or regulated it or whatnot. But I think the study and the hypotheses was to show that when there's like some kind of universal global incident, then people feel it before they can even articulate it or even before it's happened. But it's out there. It's in the psyche. It's coming like the rumbling of an earthquake. Mm. And yeah, I think it's it, we know the answers. That's why our, well, our brain knows the answers more than our physical being can feel it but that's why I think you have to sometimes like hijack your own mind in a way like I know when I I've been speaking a lot this year about PMS because I never learned about it at school like half of the population of the world will experience PMS as women and we will feel like the whole world is crumbling down like I know when it's my time of the month this might be an overshare but I doubt it because we love our minds and how we feel but I just feel like the whole world's coming down on me. I can't see the light in anything because of just a chemical hormonal change in my brain, my brain chemistry. And so Mm. it's so strange that if I act on that and act out on those few days, then my whole reality could change and differ. But if my brain chemistry, once it resets and goes back to my usual flow and rhythm, I'm back in, I'm back Mm. in action. I'm back being positive. I'm back focusing on what I need to do or you know, building my mental health toolkit to keep me strong and resilient when I'm not feeling great. But it's all in our mind. Like, you know, every everything can start and end in our mind. Mm, for sure. And I think one of the things that I've I've really been reading about a lot this year is the way that our our thinking creates our reality. And it's like we we through the way that we think, we create the emotion and the feeling that we have, which then creates a reality that we're having in 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 the moment that we're experiencing and it's like it's really fascinating because you mm. we we forget that we forget that actually what i'm experiencing is actually just through the way that i'm thinking about it like it could be complete well it is completely neutral it's like it's a you know we have any thought that we have is a neutral thought it's only the 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 meaning and the, the feeling that we put around mm. what that thought is that Very creates existential. How we, yeah, no, but it's true though. Right. And it's like, you, yeah. you, know, you don't, you don't look at the rain and be like, ah, oh, you know, this rain's bad rain or good rain. It's just, it's rain. And it's like the same with a thought. It's like, it's just the thought. 
It's only when you label it as as good or bad that it becomes good or bad. Yeah, existentialists believe that nothing has any meaning at all. So therefore, it it can have every meaning you want it to have. Yeah. Which I find, again, a really interesting, like, you know, I, my dad was very much into philosophy, but I never really have researched my own philosophical stance on life, being Mm. somebody that's not very religious at all, but is curious and inquires about all different religions that so what yeah being conscious about what meaning you place on that particular thing and also what have you been conditioned to place on that meaning to place on that thing or what have you been hardwired or what has this trauma led you to create a defense mechanism which then places that meaning on this next new incident so again it's really fascinating but the way to understand that again I think is just consciousness and taking a step back to look in at yourself as a third person Mm. which is what humans can do and animals can't that's what sets us apart but i don't know if it's something that we all necessarily do yeah and again but i think that the the separation between us and animals is that animals don't need to do that because they don't they don't have the consciousness which creates the stories and they don't have the ego and all of this other stuff and concepts they just live then and there like in their thinking then and there they're they're completely they're completely conscious do you know what i mean if that makes sense they're they're totally in the moment they're totally with what they're experiencing then and there they don't have that extra consciousness that we you know the the Mm. consciousness in inverted commas that we have Mm. which is why again there's that separation which is fascinating but you you mentioned there like becoming more kind of conscious and self-aware of like what you're doing and taking a step back like what what are some of the things that you do is it do you have like a certain like checklist of stuff that you do when you're doing that to take a look at yourself or is it just something that you you're quite conscious of when you do it I think I've always been someone that's quite conscious because I've always had even as a child the ability to create my own decisions and my own have my own choices even though my dad was like a strong Turkish prevalent figure in my life was very Mm. much like Make sure you get your degree, your master's, your doctorate, your own practice, and you do good in the world. <laughs> like when he passed away, I pretty much remember the feeling of like, well, I can do anything right now. Like it could go, I could become whatever I want in like the worst and the best possible ways. Yeah. Um, and so always had to hold myself accountable. Like I said, like I didn't come from an industry, uh, parents that were in this industry or had any help doing what I do. And you know, have managed to, you know, I came from a council estate in a London and two years ago, like was able to buy my, uh, buy my own apartment in West London, travel the world. Like I, I, I feel like I've only been able to have those achievements because I've had to hold myself accountable and look at where will my actions lead me to? What will happen then? But besides doing that because of like, you know, having to have my own back I would also say my how I've become more conscious now on a deeper level has really only happened through meditation I think I can't think of anything else that I've done that's been able to give me that same feeling of seeing the way my thoughts come at me than when I started meditating six months ago and I'm still such an amateur like I don't do it every day and some days I do and I'm like hurry the hell up like I'm ready (laughs) to leave and get on with my life but it's it's weird that when you sit back and I just sit and I listen to the headspace voice that talks a few times over the course of 10 minutes and encourages you to focus on your breath and all of a sudden your brain starts creating thoughts and you're like where did that come from Mm. why am I thinking that and the greatest thing about meditation is you're told to let go of those thoughts and what's interesting is you start to have a lot of self-compassion for your for yourself and for your, your thoughts and what's going on in your mind. Because you're like, ah, oh, like, why did you think that about you? Or <laughs> why did you believe that that would have happened? And you start having this really strange conversation with yourself. And nothing in my life has given me that same experience. Mm, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Meditation's given me so much. Like I've been I think probably meditating for like maybe four or five years now using Headspace um and it's just i mean i get so much from it just again it's it's that holding up the mirror to yourself isn't it it's holding up the mirror to like your thoughts and going okay this this is what's this is your thoughts this is how you feel this is what you think about without judging that 
and just letting those thoughts come and letting them go and just letting them be thoughts rather than you know chasing the thought yeah rather than chasing the thought and making it a truth and making it a Mm -hmm. thing just like it is what it is and it's Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's really great um but yeah so i we've gone on a quite a few tangents there but I, uh, to kind of <laughs> keep things on topic to 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 you know learnings from this year like what what would you say is the biggest learning that you've made this year mm. it's really hard to summarize it into one point but i don't know if this is the biggest but it's definitely one that i keep having to come back to and it's where i'm placing my value Mm. and my values what am I putting my values on and into and that is something that I'm constantly finding myself hitting a wall against like okay well if I'm at home maybe I will just create more content and go more down the social media lane and I'm confronted with but I don't want to try and beat this bloody algorithm (laughs) and create pretty pictures I don't care about that okay so what do you want to do be busy create other stuff elsewhere but you can't because we're in lockdown oh like you know I'm constantly hitting this this wall that's making me question well what do I really want what do I really care about and most of my um behavior not my behavior but most of my urges keep going towards things that are obvious Mm. I think that are obvious values that we should be looking at and I'm having to really do a lot of hard work and evaluation on if they are my values or they're the values that have been programmed or told I should have and own and so reevaluating that I think has been my biggest lesson wow so what are those core values then that you've seen through that when I first started in this industry my core core value was helping women feel better about themselves And, you know, I say a lot of people's purpose is in their pain. And I think at the time, maybe that was one of my things, which I didn't really know about. Um, But I guess this conversation around body positivity is, it's huge now. Like plus size models are such a saturated market. Whereas when I started in the UK, there was like five or six of us. Mm. Plus size lines now, every brand is basically creating an extension to their size range because they have to plus size bloggers are out there looking friggin' phenomenal. Like it's such a big industry where my voice isn't needed anymore. And I think the conversation is being had and I don't need to be the main voice in it anymore. So, but I have a platform and I have people coming to me and I have all this attention still. And I'm, and I've always been somebody that's like, don't believe your hype and don't believe people that want to bring you down. Don't, don't get attached to that. Just, you know, the people that love you and care about you, your family, your friends, they're the most important people and yourself, how you feel about yourself. Um, And so I'm really having to detach from that, which sounds like, you know, I've been in this game doing this for like 10 years, which doesn't sound like a long time, (laughs) but I think it's so easy to believe your own hype and get, you know, grow an ego and start to just sail through life on this name or, something you've built and lose your why. And so now I'm really stripping it back, coming back to my why. Why do I care? Why will this help others? How can I serve others and give rather than think about what I'm going to receive from this? And that's what I'm trying to come home to. Mm, Love that. I think that's, that's, there's a really big learning there just for everyone in general is like, what, what, what's your value like what's your why it comes back to and again it doesn't have to be related to a massive outcome of anything just like what's your why in life like what's your uh, and I don't want to use the word purpose because I don't really necessarily agree with that but like what are your values like Mm. and then they they can help guide your life in a way you know yeah of course because it will just determine what opportunities will you go for what Mm. kind of workplaces do you want to be in how are you going to raise the next generation if you decide to have kids Mm. what that will determine what kind of partner you choose not just somebody that you're attracted to that it just so happened to lead into a relationship and then you happen to get married like you'll be more conscious because everything is a part of your bigger why yeah I think that's something that I've definitely had to do more reflecting on this year yeah awesome well i appreciate the time so much and and for you joining so many 
great bits of wisdom and, and gems throughout this, you know, past hour or so. So um, it's just really been an in, insightful conversation for me. And I hope that anyone who's listening can take a lot from it as well. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me again. No worries. Good and with you. Yeah, always. And do you want to let anyone know who um, wants to maybe find you online, where they can find you and keep up to date with everything you're doing? Sure. sure. I'm on Instagram at Jada Cesar. That's J-A-D-A-S-E-Z-E-R. And I'm across pretty much all platforms, YouTube, Twitter, and um stay tuned because there's a podcast coming and all that good stuff cool thank you so there we go i hope you enjoyed that conversation with jada i just love jada so much i think her energy her just the way she just helps the conversation flow is is really special in itself and it's just so easy to jump from topic to topic with her so i really hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did like what you heard then please be sure to leave a review and even better still hit the subscribe button so that you get all of the latest episodes straight to your phone and if you know someone who you think would really benefit from hearing this episode then send the link to them or send them a screenshot because it's really important that we continue to spread the positive vibes and messages of episodes like this i started this podcast to help inspire a positive change and you can also be a part of that by sharing this episode with someone today so as ever you can connect with me on instagram at i am alex manzi or tiktok alex manzi coaching I look forward to hearing from you and what you've learned from this episode. Thank you for listening and I will see you for the next episode in 2021. This podcast is produced by Unedited.